You don't have to change to be the change. You don't have to be the Maserati driving, suit wearing agent. There is a person that needs you to be exactly who you are right here, right now. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Welcome back for another episode. Today's episode is going to be great, and it's going to be really, really unique. So I get to interview Kimberly Toko today. Kimberly has a, a lot of exciting stuff to share about. She's going to be able to share about you know, how great her first year in real estate was, how she's been able to build the team, how she's been able to use those, and a lot of actionable things that, that all you listeners are going to be able to hear. She's also going to be able to share that it wasn't all ups and downs. You know, When we asked her about you know, what would her TED Talk be, it was about like overcoming tragedy. Like, how do you overcome tragedy to succeed? So I'm not going to take away from the story that she is going to tell, but I do want you guys to be ready to listen, to buckle up, because I promise this is going to be a really, really good interview. So Kimberly came to us as Broker Agent of the Month for Arizona. She got recommended to us over from Broker Agent Advisor and said, hey, this is a gal that you need to talk to. She had just gotten that award as Broker Agent of the Month, and it was a great, uh, you know, we're going to be interviewing a few, a few of the broker agents and Kimberly gets to be our first, and I'm really happy to have her on the first. She's got a book. She's been on HGTV her first year. She was Rookie of the Year. We're going to talk about all that. So, Kimberly, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to get to talk to you. And right before we got on, we talked. So, you're over in the Scottsdale area in Arizona. Yes. Yes. And is that, have you been doing, is that where you started your real estate career out there? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. And um, actually, I moved here in 1983. My uh, parents came down for a little conference. And while my father was working, my mom went into an open house and bought it. So we had but, no choice <laughs> but to come on down. And here I am. So what month was that conference? The, um, in 1983, I believe it was August. So it was extremely hot because we stayed at the old Regency Resort and lived yeah. by the pool for the week that uh, we were doing the conference. So yeah, it was hot. That's that's actually kind of crazy. So I was expecting you to say like, no, we, we were living somewhere super cold. We came to Arizona in November and she was like, okay, this is paradise. Moving to Arizona in August when it's hot. The I lived there once and the August was the month that I left Arizona and thought this is too hot for me. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, it was a dry heat, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Now yeah. that I live in Texas, I understand the difference of dry heat because we do start sweating at nine in the morning out here. But yeah, they we had lived in Utah, and they were just sick of the cold, the wet, and the restaurants were fabulous. The shopping was fabulous. It was so different from Ogden, Utah, and it just it was it. And I've been here ever since. I I love the valley. I'm a desert girl. Yeah. Well, so before we get into how it started, what has 2020 been like for real estate out in in your area, out in Phoenix? You know, it's a really interesting dynamic because we were already heading down to a very low inventory situation before COVID hit. We had been on about two years where it would have been the lowest I'd ever seen it, about 8,600 homes, single family homes available for the entire Maricopa County Um, That was everything. And now we're at about 4,700 single family homes available. So the the shift 
as far as COVID slowing things down never occurred here. If anything, it increased our, our sales. We have over 100, or I'm sorry, 215 people moving here a day, and that's increasing daily because of everyone coming in because of lockdowns, yet we have no inventory. So we went from, you know, being able to sell homes within a week or so to getting about 20 offers in 48 hours on the listings that we have. That being said, nobody wants to sell their home because there's no place to go. So yeah. again, it's a little tight. It, it did slow down my personal business a little bit, but it also forced me to look at my business and change it and adapt to the times. Yeah, what it, it it sure has been an interesting time for all sorts of different areas. And in some, there's plenty of neighborhoods out there where people are moving out of, plenty of states and cities people are moving out of. And when you say like people came to Arizona kind of because of their lockdowns, I was there for Thanksgiving and you know, restaurants were open. There was, uh, you know, people had to wear masks to go into places, but there, but it didn't seem like much social distancing. It's, it, it felt pretty close to business as usual. Yeah. Is that how it feels for people living out there? You know, we're fighting for that. We're, we're fighting okay. for the small business owner, for the, for the restaurants. And we're being very respectful. You know, we do wear our masks when we go into the restaurants and we try to stand apart or, or pick a table that is apart. Our gym, we're, we, we are fighting for our gyms to stay open. And yeah. it's the same thing. You know, we, we put our masks on, but we want business as usual here. We, we have such a thriving valley that we can't afford to shut us down. And we're going to fight for it. Everyone's fighting for that right now to keep our business is open. And if I have any say so, it's going to stay that way. Yeah, <laughs> so. you say open it up. So how many, how many transactions have you done this year? This year, I'm, I'll be 20 at the end of the month. So it's only 20 this year, but I also launched my book. I changed a brokerage and I completely changed my business. So I'm very proud of the 20 transactions that I did, Yeah, uh, but it's not my usual. So like anything else, I beat myself up a little bit, but the transactions I had were very quality and and the people that I wanted to work with. I've learned to say no. Yeah. I mean, one of the secrets to success that we've talked about over the last couple of months on the podcast, secrets to success for 2020 is focusing on the good and staying grateful and being able to say like, hey, no, there were plenty of things that went wrong this year. So being grateful for the 2020 transactions you had, especially considering that you changed brokerages and you launched your book and we'll get a chance to, to talk about that stuff too. What's the average sales price out there that you guys are working with? I work with a lot of... So my specialty specialty is I work with families that have been through hardships so that they can start a new chapter. And in that realm, it's usually teachers, first responders, VA, military, special needs families, because I give back 25% of my commission to help with their closing costs. A lot of the times they barely have enough down and they can't afford the closing costs. They can't afford you know, the extra thousand dollars for moving. And I'm gonna do what I can to help them Three to four hundred fifty thousand is my average sale price. Correct. So three hundred to four hundred fifty thousand. You give twenty. You say twenty five percent. Twenty percent of your twenty five percent. If it's a uh, a family with a special needs child or they're taking care of special needs adults, I'll give them back one percent. That's incredible, right? So that's that is that's 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 an incredible thing to have that be something that you're so confident to actually put out there and say. Like, hey, this is what I do. It's not a. It, it's not something that you're kind of afraid to see. It's not something you do every once in a while. Like that's, you use your money to help. You say, I've been in that. I know that where you're starting, especially if you're starting over. Yes. Um, that's incredible. So, most do you get with that specific group? Is it mostly sellers? Is it mostly buyers? Or is it fifty fifty? 
It, it's 50-50. I've developed a real talent and structure for listings. And also, I, I used to be a private investigator, so I can find that elusive deal for my buyers and make sure yeah. we get as much as we can for their money. And I, I love both aspects of it. The challenge of you know breaking records for the top dollar sold and then finding that elusive deal so that family can find joy again. Yeah. So the I've been trying to mentally prep myself for the the, the next stage of this interview uh, because I know that your story wasn't always all happy. No. So if you so if you'd like to share, I, I would like to have you share as much as you can with the group of of I think it start it's kind of your first year of real estate. It's kind of what made some things happen. But let's go back to that kind of adversity. You know the things that you felt that really changed your world. Yes. You know, my husband and I were fortunate that we, we were successful in real estate, even without having a license. I used friends to buy real estate and we did really well during the, you know, 2004, five and six. <laughs> and, you know, we, we were in our dream house and short sales started to happen. So the first thing that we were hit with was short sales and then having to find um, rentals after that, rentals that didn't foreclose on. And by March of 2011, uh, we had been doing pretty well. We were in a rental that we both really enjoyed. We were trying to save again. We were going to take our first vacation to Hawaii again. We had uh, four boys, 14, 13, and three-year-old twin boys. And it was a hectic time. My husband's a Scottsdale firefighter. I was still at home with uh, one of our twins has autism. Uh, so I was at home taking care of him. And on a Tuesday morning, Jason, my 13-year-old, he was six foot one, uh, could pitch at 80 miles an hour, most popular kid in school, the, the boy that you know, we relied on. Uh, we had a little argument over breakfast, but he was really off that morning. I, I'd never seen him, I'd never seen him that angry over just not eating breakfast. Like there was something wrong. So my husband just said, hey, look, I'm going to go to my union meeting. You go upstairs. Your mother's going to finish getting the kids ready, and I'll come back, and we'll talk. You're not going to school like this because he's just mad. He went upstairs, and my husband left for the union meeting, and I heard Jason's phone ring, and then my husband called me, and he said, where's Jason? And I said, I don't know. He's upstairs, and I heard a noise, and I'm like, oh, he's probably throwing his baseball against the wall because that's what he did. So I went upstairs to look for him and uh, I smelled gunpowder, gun, gun smoke. And of course I start panicking and screaming and I found him on the side of my bed and he had used my gun to shoot himself. And I did immediately obviously call 911, started working on him, but I remember distinctly feeling him, just his body reflex in his last breath before the ambulance got there and my son was dead, yeah. Wow. Wow. And you, and it was at a time in your life where you guys had kind of felt like you were getting momentum again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you had a, a rough time during kind of that, that financial crisis of, Hey, everything was going great. And then there's a real estate yeah. crash. You were impacted with that yeah. roughly like, like everybody. Yeah. And around really. 2011, you're like, okay, now, now it's starting to get better. And what a, and I can only imagine the whirlwind that happens yeah. after that. Like yeah. I can't even, I can't even begin to imagine how do you get to start to, to pick yourself up again? How does that, how does that become the story or what, or what, what is the, so, what's the survivor story that really changed after that? Exactly. And, and it was, it, it, everything was kind of a blur for a while. And my husband, thank God, he obviously kept working and kept moving forward because he knew that he was going to have to hold us together for a while. 
And it did take about two years. I was doing little things, trying to do a baseball charity in his name. There's these little things that you do, but you're hit with the stigma of suicide. And it was about two years later, January of 2013, that I looked up, I looked up at my family and my twins were laughing and, and having fun again. And my, my older boy, he was balancing himself. He was doing better than I was. But it was when I looked at my husband, he looked at me like I was going to break. And you could see how thin he was. He'd been working himself to death to keep us together. And I said to myself, you can't keep doing this. You have to do something to change your circumstances. You've got to stop being the sad little mom that's crying in the corner. Get up and do something. So the one thing I thought of was, you know what? I know enough about real estate. I, 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 I'm going to get a house for us again. Well, we had had a short sale in 2010, a bankruptcy just after Jason in 2011. I mean, we just, we had to, we had to do the bankruptcy. There was no way I could keep working. Yeah. And so we're a year out of a bankruptcy, two years out of a short sale. And I asked, I talked to friends. I asked many real estate agents. No one would go down that road with me. They were all like, honey, you're just not going to be able to get a loan. We're not going to be able to close on this. And even if you find a lender that says yes, it's never going to go through in the end as an extenuating circumstance loan. Nobody can get one. At least it hadn't happened here in the Valley. So yeah. I spent two months working with, uh, from January to March, working with uh, a lender who after about 150 document, document emails, we got approved for an extenuating circumstance loan. But I still couldn't find a real estate agent to help me because they just didn't believe in it. So uh, middle of March, the anniversary month, two-year anniversary month of my son's passing, March 21st, I got through school and got my real estate license, passed the test the first time. And by June 1st, I had found that elusive deal and closed on our home. So that but, is, go ahead. But in that moment, that's what changed the tra trajectory of my entire life. Because I walked into that house and I gave the keys to my husband and I saw the children running around. And it was when I looked at him, you got to remember, this is a man that has carried his family for years, just trying to keep us alive and sane. And he smiled. He had his feet again. He had a foundation again. And it changed everything in me. And I said, this is what I have to do for other families. I, I have to do this. I have to figure out a way to do it. And that's what started me on this crazy ass career <laughs> yeah. all right so listeners out there i i kind of tried to warn us that this would be a, a unique interview not like not like as many of our others that the that i was mentally prepping for but that is heavy stuff kimberly i mean when you get to yeah. when you get to talk about all of it and the so short sale to a bankruptcy and and a suicide right that is stuff that when that happens some people say i'm never coming back from this you know, right. And so somebody out there may be even considering a short sale right now or considering a bankruptcy or they've been through it or they have and they're listening and you get to be that proof that it's like, no, don't take no for an answer. So you had people saying, no, I'm not going to be your lender. And you fought right. and you fought and you fought and then you found a lender. And then people said, no, I'm not going to be your agent. And you said, okay, then I'll be my own agent. That's incredible mm -hmm. by itself. And then having the experience at the end of what finally getting to hand the keys to your husband that is the miracle that agents get to do all the time. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, having investors as customers. We talk a lot about how to be successful in real estate. There's a lot of ways right. to be successful in real estate, but there's also that exciting, unique thing that real estate is that the a house is 
where people spend their most time. A house is an amazing moment for some people. And most of those people, when they get into their first house, they go, I never thought this could be mine. Or when they get into their dream house, they go, our kids are going to get married in the backyard. Or our yeah. kids are going to go, you know, you get to see, have all those experiences. So that to you, it was not only, hey, you've now succeeded and no one would really help you in your time of, not, not people in real estate <laughs> wouldn't really help you in your time of need. And yeah. so you saw that as then the opportunity. So your first year as an agent then, so that was your first transaction. Yeah. <laughs> then you were, then you were rookie of the year, 3 million yeah. in transactions. How did, how did that happen? How did you say like, oh my gosh, I need to do this for other people. Right. And then you were able to turn up the volume so quick. Well, I, I remember that, you know, that day giving him the keys. And then I, we uh, went back home. We were, st- we were having to move everything. And I was sitting in front of my laptop with no more than a change of, or a jar of change for my marketing budget. How was I going to compete with the, the farming, the postcards, the flyers, the, the fancy, you know, the Maserati driving suit wearing, like, who am I? And, in this and what, were, what year was this again? Uh, 2013. So 2013. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's a, a busy time for real estate in Arizona. Oh yeah. Yeah. You've got um, the Jason Mitchells, the Andrew Blue. We, you've got established agents that are doing a hundred million in transactions. And why is someone going to choose me? And I said, well, because I'm tenacious T. I have tenacity. Nothing is going to stop me. I am not backing down. I will not take no. I will find a way to get that house. Just like I did for me, I'm going to put myself in those shoes. And that's how I kept introducing myself online uh, to friends. I just told them, hey, give me an opportunity. I'm going to change your life. And that's yeah. what happened. It just started rolling in. And I found out I'm pretty damn good at this, right? Because again, I won't take no for an answer. I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Rent Ready. And this one is all about maintenance. Did you know the number one reason that a tenant leaves a rental is lack of response around maintenance? With Rent Ready's brand new 24-7 maintenance service plans, you can have your maintenance managed for you. It also includes emergency services. Rent Ready, the property management app, recently added more support for landlords. Not only can you get hands-off maintenance coordination to troubleshoot your tenant's repairs for you, but you can also streamline your rental property cash flow with increased rental retention rates. With Rent Ready, you can sleep in on the weekends knowing your repairs are handled from start to finish. In addition to making maintenance, you can manage everything else easier too, like collecting rent, listing units, screening tenants, and signing leases, all from the phone in your hand. Get luxury style maintenance services for your tenants and free weekends for yourself when you sign up for Rent Ready. You know, I, I want to add a couple things in here too. You know, I had interviewed Ryan Brown, the founder of Rent Ready, in episode 939. So if you want to hear more about Rent Ready and what they've done, go check out that episode with Ryan. And when it comes to maintenance, you guys have heard me say, I have a ton of rental properties. And one of the things I did after owning those for about a year was start to outsource the nighttime calls. There's nothing worse than getting a call at 10 or 11 at night saying my air conditioner's not working, my heater's not working. And I used to have to go to like 10 different companies to do that. One for my rents, one for my property management, one for the repairs. And it looks like Rent Ready is doing all of that in one package. So for this month only, you can still try Rent Ready for one year and only for $1 when you use our special code ROCKSTAR. Use code ROCKSTAR and sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. Use the code ROCKSTAR and you can get Rent Ready for a whole year for just a buck.
So you're, it seems like one of your biggest, your biggest strengths at that time was the, was the not, no quit attitude, right? That you're going to find a way and that you flat out asked people and said, Hey, Hey, give me a chance to change your life. Like, Hey, I just experienced the miracle of home, home ownership again. and made me feel so good. Give me the chance to help you change your life and you're going to solve every problem. And so how quickly after you started making those announcements, did you get a client to say, yeah, help me find a house or come help me sell my house? I did, I think it was, and I'd have to go back and look, it was about five transactions the following three months. And then okay. I did uh, six rentals in one weekend. Uh, I just, I, I just kept going, whether it was rentals or purchases. But the one niche that I found was, again, families that I would talk to, they were ready to make the move, but they didn't have enough money. So I'd heard of Heroes Home Advantage. And in Arizona, you don't have to be a member of anything as long as it's a federally recognized group. So almost immediately, I did start giving back a portion of my commission towards closing costs, which was really hard because we still have a family of, you know, three kids and, and it, you're, you're barely making it in the first year of real estate anyway. And I was still like, okay, here's 25%. Oh, take it. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, one thing that I was always coached on in the beginning was, no, make your money now. You can give back your money later and you can make foundations. And I've know, heard that. I've absolutely it, heard that. Right. But it's, the family on the other side of the signing table that needs that money now. They could care less 10 years from now if I'm rolling in the dough and send them a gift card. They need that money now. So I wasn't going to wait for that to happen. I was going to give it to them now because that also gave me a sense of joy. It gave me a sense of purpose. And I knew my son would be proud of that. So that giving attitude, I, I built my business on the basis of giving back. And that's how it's worked for me. Wow. And a very authentic giving back because there are, there are brokerages out there that their promise is hire us and we're going to give you part of your commission back. And that's a statement, but that to me is different. It, it's the same, but different. And, and it's, I guess it's different because now I've heard your story. I've heard what it's based on. That's not a hook. That's not a marketing no. trick. That's not a, that's not a way to get people to come to you. It's because you absolutely care about helping that person on the other end. So let's, so think about your back to your first year. The, mm -hmm. If you were going to give yourself advice now of what would you have done different or what would you have focused time on or what should you be ready for? If you, had, if you were going to go back in time and just say, hey, here's Kimberly, here's three things you need to know about real estate. What would those three things be? Number one, which I, I had an idea of how difficult real estate was going to be, but number one would be, this is going to be the most difficult career <laughs> of your life, but it will change your life. And keep following your gut, keep being creative, and stand out as someone different. I, I'm one of those people who doesn't really believe in going back and coulda, woulda, shouldas. It's going back and looking about, at the fact that everything I learned was necessary for me to reach this level now. And I went into, into it with the attitude of, I have to give it my everything, my all. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to be a Super Bowl commercial man. Yeah. You, you, you give, give it your all. And I like, the, I like the idea of clearly telling yourself like, hey, this is going to be hard, but the benefit is it will change your life. The benefit is, is it's an amazing career that the, that the amount of success that people can have, there's no other career or industry like it uh, where you can, if you're willing to take the bull by the horns, if you're willing to solve all those issues, I mean, there's nothing like real estate out there. 
I can't think of yeah. any other kind of sales job or business where you can create as much, like give back as much, like the amount that you've able, by giving away 25% of your commission since 2013, have you calculated how much money you've given away? It's close to $545,000. Yeah. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> Right. So people that are telling you like there is something to be said about people say, hey, make your money now and save it. And later you can change the world. I tell you what, it adds up a lot faster if you change the world every day or every week or every month, giving away $545,000 of your commissions to individual families who are mostly like you said, now it's a lot of the times that's people that have just dealt with like loss yeah. or trauma or really yeah. rough life experiences. And they've come to you because they've said, hey, Kimberly, you've also dealt with this, like help us. Yeah. And, and then you're going to go help them. So seven years later, you've been doing this business. The, you have all sorts of different stuff that's going on. Um, and then at the beginning, as you said, you have a book this year. What, what's your book? So the, there's a couple more pieces that came into play. You know, I, I, I had that first year. I made Rookie of the Year. And there was something that kind of went off in my head because I'd already been talking openly about the stigma of suicide, about the reality of you know, when someone is, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that you lost your child. What happened? And if you say to that person, well, you know, it was cancer, you immediately get the, the empathy and oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But when you say to that person, it was suicide, they kind of go back and they look at you and, and they're like, okay, well, suicide, that means that you were probably a bad parent. There's so many nuances that go around suicide that I knew I needed to tell his story. I needed to tell our story. And I had been blogging about the difficulties, the rawness, that how crazy you get, you, you lose your mind. And you were absolutely correct when you said that when something like that happens to you, you are never the same. I like to think of it as the day that my son died, I also died. And I had to figure out who the fuck I was again. Sorry yeah. about the F word, but I had to use it, right? So I decided that the main reason I needed to be extremely successful in this business is so that people would listen to me when I had something to say about suicide and tell them my story. So I was driven. I, I just knew that I had to keep going. I had to keep powering through and I had to make a name for myself, which included getting on HGTV so it was video. It was marketing early. It was, you know, they, they did Facebook Live just came out. And I'm like, I'm not interesting enough for Facebook Live. But it really still was all I could afford because I was already giving away so much of my commission. I couldn't afford the marketing. So, you know, open houses, all of that, sure. But how was I going to make a name for myself, become successful so I could launch my book? And it was exactly through that taking the bits and pieces of what Russell Shaw does and the Callaways do and my favorite parts of what different agents were doing that created this entire package that I could serve up to my, to my clients and also giving back of my commission to help them so that I could make a name for myself and write a book that would heal. And I did that. It's, it's really powerful for you to mention the, the stigma behind suicide. Right. And there is, and you're, you're right. Like somebody, so many different versions of that conversation. I'm sure you see it in people's faces, the way that it changed and the, and it's the same, like it's, it's drug addiction. There's all sorts of stigmas out there on things where it's, Hey, you've lost a child. And if it's a, in these categories, the conversation, the look I'm sure is different. And there's other categories yeah. where it's sympathy. And the, the idea that you said, people should be listening to you 
just like they would someone else. Like no matter what the story is, I've lost a child. No matter what the answer is, the sympathy and the empathy should be the exact same, right? It should be, you lost yeah. a child. And that wasn't what you experienced. But, but part of your drive was, hey, when I get to be really successful, people will listen to me more. And then I can change the world. And I think for anybody out there that has a, that's listening, that has a purpose, that has something that drives them, that has something right now that people aren't really listening, maybe you can use that as a driving force to be successful, to do your best, to have that. There's so many stories of the people that tell you no, or the people that keep you going and keep you working hard. And you had a little different twist of that of saying, hey, if you could get really successful, then people would listen to you. Then they would change your life. You started talking on Facebook Live because you didn't have a marketing budget. And then that turned into HGTV. Before we talked to HGTV, when you did your first couple Facebook Lives, what did you do? So if somebody's never done one, the, and they were like, so, they're thinking about what did you do your first couple? So I remember, <laughs> I distinctly remember this. I was at an open house and the open house was like really cool. And I'm like, and there was beer there too. And I'm like, okay, not that I recommend this, but I had a couple swigs of beer, calm the nerves down. <laughs> and I literally went on and showed my personality and was like, hey, here we are. Look at this soft closed drawers, full extension poles. And I just pretended I was Vanna White in the house and made it yeah. fun. You know, don't, I didn't show them the hairs up my nose as I walked around with the phone. I said, I'm Vanna White. I'm going to show you this house and you're going to buy it. Damn it. Yeah. You know, that's, I just wanted to show them who I was and the excitement that I had for the house. And I got through it and I was sweating, but it, when I went back and looked at it, 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 it was, I was very proud of myself. Anyone should be proud of themselves. And I do have a little trick that will yeah. help agents. If they are very nervous about going live, one of the things that they can do to practice is, you know, go onto your computer, use your photo, whatever you can film yourself with, close your eyes and tell a story about your favorite experience or an experience that you had. And you notice when you close your eyes and you just start telling the story and shut everything out, that it flows naturally because it's truth, because it's something you're passionate about. So close your eyes, think of the story of the house. What kind of story is the house telling you? Open your eyes, click on the phone live and tell that story. Yeah. You know, so agents, if you guys are listening and you have not tried to go live yet on social media, Kimberly gave you two great tips there. And one was simply going to an open house and showing people the house. Probably takes a little bit of the center off you, you get to focus on the house but bring your personality to show your version of it. So the, if you like something on a house, if you don't, you know, being able to go show that house. And then if you get a little bit of stage fright, the closing your eyes, as Kimberly was describing that, I'm closing my eyes and picturing going through that step, telling yourself a story and then going live before you have a chance to think about it. The, it is the, especially if you don't have a marketing budget, like the, we, we've talked a lot about social yeah. media this past year, especially on the podcast, but the, if you yeah. don't have a marketing budget and your biggest way to get, you know, new clients is through your sphere. That's mm -hmm. a great way to talk to your sphere. It's a great way to get top of mind and have them see you right away. How did that turn into HGTV? What was your first, how did you get on HGTV? How, you know, did they call you? Did you call them? What, what was it? So I, like many agents out there, I had done, done the Tom Ferries, the Craig Proctors, the cold calls, the, the, the gambit of usual, business as usual for agents. And I knew I was going to have to make a name for myself. And I was very, very good at 
again, telling stories, but also creating videos of those stories. So I started making really different lifestyle videos for my listings and they were watched quite a bit. Cindy Bagish, the cast, uh, casting director for this particular new show called Pool Hunters, it's a spinoff of House Hunters, saw one of those videos and sent me an email. This is what's key and this is what agents really need to listen to. If I had missed that email, or if I hadn't opened that email, or if I had opened that email and said, oh, pfft, that's a crock, I would have missed that opportunity. Look at every email, answer every email, answer your phone, get back to your clients. But in this case, I got back to her and they loved me. And I happened to have a really high priced home that I had sold. The family was great. It all came together. It was synergy. And uh, late September of 20, oh my gosh, 2018, uh, they filmed it. It takes a year for it to come out. And it was beautiful. I, I made the experience for them and myself as smooth as possible. And uh, it, uh, it was life-changing, 100%. Yeah. You know, when you talk about email, in this busy world, I'm guilty of it. It's really easy to go through the email and think, gosh, uh, this cold email, I don't have to reply to this cold email. Yeah. Like they don't, I don't have an obligation to, or I'll never, gonna, I'll never get a deal or it'll never turn into anything. There's a lot of emails I get that go unreturned, you know, yeah. honestly, the, and, and the, and as you talk about that, there's so much truth to like, you never know which one though turns into mm -hmm. something amazing. You never mm -hmm. know which person saying they need a mentor becomes your right hand person. You never know what, when that person says, Hey, can you help me with this? They actually will get a deal done or when it's HGTV and really easy to think this isn't real, you right, know, you right. afford it on the, but actually have it turn into something else. So did that. So you got to have an awesome experience with that. Did you feel like yeah. that, uh, that boosted, you know, sales or is it, is it something that you, it's just a cool thing that now you can point people to when they're trying to figure out who Kimberly is. I like to think of the, the, I've won a few different awards and I've done different accomplishments through over the years. And I like to think of it as a layer cake, layers that are going on my cake, making it bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. I still haven't frosted my cake yet. I'm putting the right. layers on, right? And it gives you, it gives you credit. You can't put HGTV on your signature line unless you've been on HGTV. Yeah. You can't pay for that, right? So that, that was the one piece that I needed in order to finish my book and launch it because it gave me so much credibility. And it also was an opportunity to expand my presence by announcing in local newspapers that I was fortunate enough to get into USA Today about my story. It was just a launching platform for my son, for his legacy. Yeah. I can't say that it increased business. It, it didn't really increase business. It increased my following, so to speak, my platform to speak on suicide. Yeah. It increased your cake. It built that resume. Yeah. It, was, it added an, yeah. extra, an, an extra layer to what you put on the signature line. And for people listening out there, that's a lot of what life is too. Mm -hmm. Like, so you go volunteer at this thing and it doesn't turn into a deal that day, or you join the country club and you don't feel like you're getting, or you do, you know, you do different things. You donate right. to this group, you help support this group. You're a sponsor at this event. It just becomes layers mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily know what deal turns into what. 
You don't necessarily right. know which, which step along the way turns into something great. But if instead of looking for an immediate result, it's really easy for me to say, what was the immediate result of that? Right. <laughs> you know, well, there's no immediate result, but you're so glad it's one of your layers because the, when somebody's trying to compare Kimberly and someone else mm -hmm. or suicide prevention and someone else, why should I listen to Kimberly about suicide prevention and you get to go look at my cake? Yes. Look at what I've built here. Look at yeah. who I am. I'm not, I'm not just a person. I'm a person fighting really, really hard. So right. what's, the what's the name of your book? It's uh, Overcome Memoirs of a Suicide. Overcome. And wow. it, it, I'll tell you a little bit about the book itself takes passages of my first year that I blogged. So the first year I blogged about really significant pieces and, and just the struggle of it. So I take the piece and then I reflect back on it as the human I am today and explain to the reader how I got through those moments. So it's almost like a guidebook, but it's also the story of how I pushed through and the exhaustive efforts that I put. And yet I came out in the end with joy and success and ready to write the next book. <laughs> it was You're, it was a really beautiful journey. Yeah, so the so what is the next book? Do you have do you have something in mind? Yes. Yes. And it's uh it's kind of I had a feeling when I finished this book what it was going to be. It's called Overcome Tenacious Angels. And at the end of my other book I talk about come on son, we're ready to fly, we're ready to go. This next book is all about the expansion of awareness to our community, not only of suicide, but how to prevent it, what you can do to put your face in the sun and give yourself five more minutes to re respite, to rest, to reset. It is so important in these times with suicide being so rampant that they know we can overcome. I did it. Yeah. You can too. Wow. The, well, I can't wait for the next one too. We'll have the links to her book in the, in the show notes. So the, so you guys can go get a copy. The, it sounds like it'll be really easy to find though too. And when we talk about Kimberly's layers, the, again, she, she does have multiple humanitarian awards, you know, with the different things that she's growing. She was broker agent of the month for Arizona through broker agent advisor. That was how we got introduced to Kimberly and why I'm so glad that I, we got to have her on today and get to talk to her, you know, and, and like the other layers, the HGTV, the rookie of the year, the, as she's growing, the, the first person I've met that gives away 25% of their commission, no matter what, to, you know, to, to their clients that are in need to help them. Yeah. Uh, that is an amazing, amazing story. And now, and so you, you've got the next, the book that's next, but so right now, do you spend, do you spend a lot of your time on, on most of your time on real estate? You spend it on outreach within the community What's the, what's the biggest stuff you're going to focus on as you hit? So 2021, I hope, is very different than 2020. I'll, I can look yeah. back at 2020 and find <laughs> the positives, but, the, but there yeah. were also plenty of things that I wouldn't wish on anybody to experience out there. What's your big focus of 2021? So there was a couple of things, especially in, in 2019, as I started elevating. Um, I was surrounding myself with people that I thought were the right, I'm going to say energy. And when COVID hit, it forced me to slow down and really look at everything. And I decided to wash everything out and start completely over because now is the time to reinvent your, your projection of yourself. We're not really interested in what the big teams can do for us. If you're a consumer, you're interested in what that one person can do for you. Mm -hmm. I had to work on 
you can trust me. I have been there. I have done that. And I launched Intuitive Realtor, my gifts as an empath of a solutionist, of being able to act quickly, a house whisperer. 2021 for me is really dialing in, still saying no to the clients that I know just don't work for me, really dialing in and further helping those families who are really going to need me. There's going to be a lot of foreclosures happening. And I do pro bono work if you've lost a child or a spouse. And 2021 is the tenacious angels attitude where, again, everything that goes into my business, I'm going to create an outlet to help other families. This includes when it comes to my marketing, and this is where agents can get really creative. Instead of like buying a bunch of postcards, I'm going to buy a bunch of gift cards for uh, the ER workers and hand them out so that they can go across the street and get a coffee when the cafeteria is closed. That's my marketing. My marketing is giving back. So as a new agent, if you've got $100 to spend, are you going to spend it on, um, oh my gosh, two flyers that you're going to hand out on the street? Or are you going to take that $100 and buy, let's say, 10 gift cards, take it to your local fire department and just tell them, thank you, leave them a business card. That's going to go further than anything else. And you've also given back to your community. Yeah. What a, what a double benefit there, right? You get to give back right now. It's the end of the year. Plenty of people are thinking about how to give back and how to donate. And man, if you've never been inspired to give back before, now that you've heard this podcast, listeners, like you must be inspired to do something mm-hmm. to give back now. And I love just the simple idea of the, you know, my wife loves to go out in the summer. She'll go out with my daughters and they'll buy, you know, 500 popsicles and they'll go into downtown Austin to the area where there's uh, where the, the homeless are set up all day and it's 110 degrees out. They just give everybody popsicles. You know, yeah. the next yeah. week they're going out and they're giving everybody blankets. It's just really simple stuff that they go do, but you can pick the easiest spots to go to go Go, go give back the, I, I hope that by listening to Kimberly and the adversity that she's faced, that you would at least, that all of you would challenge yourselves to do that. You know, yeah. to challenge yourselves to give back, challenge yourselves that no matter what you've been through, a short sale, a bankruptcy, a loss, there's so many things there that Kimberly did to overcome. And now she's changing the world. You know, in our last couple of minutes, Kimberly, I just want to give you the floor. If you want, so what are, what are the things you want to tell people you haven't had a chance to yet? People will want to know how to find you, how to, how to find more about you. Uh, just the last couple of minutes is yours to say whatever you want to say. So for the newer agent, again, I want you to remember that you don't have to change to be the change. You don't have to be the Maserati driving suit wearing agent. There is a person that needs you to be exactly who you are right here, right now. And telling your story on who you are, how you can help your client on a daily basis through social media, through doing small little things that we've talked about today will set a pace for yourself that will result in abundance for you. And to those who are faced with poverty, not being able to eat, trapped in a home where you feel like you can't escape, courage is within you. Again, turn your face to the sun. Give yourself five minutes to just think you are loved. You can create anything. I am a girl with a GED who didn't start real estate until she was 41 years old. And I've launched a book. I have my own podcast. I got on HGTV and I've been making well into the six figures for several years. Anything is possible and you can overcome anything. 
Suicide is free will staring at you in the face and asking you to choose. And I'm asking you to choose life. Wow. Can I just tea out? <laughs> yeah. That, like, if there was ever a mic drop, Kimberly, you've been amazing. It was an honor to get to interview you today and, and talk to you about your story. I, I can't wait to see what you do next. The, and for you guys that are out there listening, go find her. Right. So Tenacious Real Estate, Kimberly's got got the podcast, got the book, got the HGTV stuff. The, we are going to continue to follow you and maybe we'll even get to, I'd love to have you back next year and hear how 2021 yeah. is looking as you're accomplishing your new goals. So Kimberly, thank you again for joining us. Real Estate Rockstars, thank you for listening. Thank you. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. And if you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.